Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and trending. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me at 8.05 p.m. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How was your Monday today? I hope everything, you know, went well today. And of course, over this Easter weekend too, I hope everything was well for you. I hope that you were um, following the rules that um, were put in place, not just here in Canada, the United States, across the world. I know it's been really difficult for so many of us. Now, before I begin here, um, you know, the COVID-19 cases are on an increase across Canada and more outbreaks at the University of Western Ontario here in the city of London another school closure for the next couple of weeks for another school in our region and also in the Peel Mississauga regions um, all schools are going to be closed and how pair of it is you know to get these vaccines into the arms of our essential workers school teachers so we can keep things rolling. Now, I would like to hear from our essential workers, and those in particular who are our essential workers in low paying jobs. And now how you can join my show here on the truckers podcast on Podbean on the live stream by downloading the Podbean app signing up it's absolutely free and there you can listen to any podcast that you like you can join any show that you like and you can search the truckers podcast mine is the blue truck with the uh, white trailer current events local world news and trending and yes i am on in the evenings as well so that works for you And if you'd like to join me here on the show and you'd like to talk to me live, you can do that. Now, I particularly came out here today because, you know, um, of course, there is still, you know, the anti-maskers out there, the anti-ralliers out there about COVID-19. This article here was... Um, written by Daryl Austin and I can't you know agree with them more and this is why I want to share this article with you 
he go he starts off by saying that i don't judge someone by whom they vote for what team they cheer for for how or for how they like their steaks cooked but few things make me lose respect for a person faster than learning that they're an anti-masker and i feel the same way absolutely feel the same way <coughs> oh excuse me he says that he hasn't arrived at this opinion very lightly as he goes on to write this and this is in his home state of utah he's just shattered a record of covid-19 as tragic as the milestone may be, it doesn't surprise me. Everything I have witnessed from the anti-mask community in my state, but makes this all too predictable. And that's here across Canada, all around the world with these anti-maskers. You know, he writes on here, first came the embarrassing anti-mask protest in St. George, Utah, back in August last year when the rest of the nations thought that the real life Saturday night, it was a real night, a Saturday night alive, uh, a parodity, thought it was a skit. Next came the, the, uh, the social media attacks against the uh, Utah um, epidemiologist of pleading with people to wear a face mask. She was mocked in comments and across multiple social media platforms for saying that doctors are very tired then came an announcement in October from Utah governor saying law enforcement had to, to be, had to be deployed to protect the public health officials after anti-maskers planned protest at state's uh, Dunn's home. You know, to stop protesting in front of his father's personal residence after the governor declared a state of emergency, statewide mass mandate on that Sunday night. You know, I try to wrap my thing, my head around things, you know, uh, you know, with, with people who um, just think that they, they know everything. And I don't know everything, but, um, you know, listening to, you know, the top doctors the infectious and, de and disease doctors, um, they know what they're talking about. Now, every end of world movies, that, that character who refuses to accept the reality of their dire situation. You know, think Dante's Peak, the day after tomorrow or Independence Day. That character who has you jumping up and down and screaming, stop listening to that guy. You know, he's the character who argues against every practical countermeasure while the threat of, the, of destruction keeps, 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 creeps closer and closer until every option previously on the table is gone. Now enter the modern day anti-masker. 
the guy or woman who not only forgets to thank to thank public officials for working tirelessly to keep him and his loved ones safe, but also doesn't seem to grasp the local government leaders can only do so much. And the, and the options on the table for public officials are rapidly disappearing. If the hospitals in his home state reach capacity, it's game over. And we're starting to see this already here across Ontario with our um, ICUs reaching their capacities. And folks, it's not the old people that are going in the ICUs, it's the younger people. Schools and businesses will have to close. Lockdowns will become reality. What anti-maskers don't seem to understand is that debating how deadly COVID-19 is or is not isn't the point at all. Preventative measures have always been about doing whatever it takes to avoid overwhelming our hospitals. And frontline medical professionals and, and, and thereby saving lives. If we fail to take these measures, this story will have a terrible tragic ending with treatment no longer available to those suffering the worst symptoms. The consequences of our inaction will be cast catastrophic. I can't agree with that that any more than how this is written, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's like the lava is flowing down the mountain. The final eruption could happen at any minute and still the anti-maskers are marching on. They find obscure videos proving that masks are dangerous and share them with their friends on Instagram. You know, they look at the conspiracy theories about mask wearing. They take words out of context from the U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention and report to try to show against all evidence that COVID-19 isn't as dangerous after all when in fact it's more dangerous than the flu. They deny every study. They disregard every credible doctor and disbelieve every scientist's explanation. Like anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers become uh, fixated on the 0.001% anomaly that make that the front and center issue of their anti-science campaigns. Oh, which by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that 0.001% is the flu. While ignoring everything else, mask deniers remind me of when you know, the Friends TV show character Ross freaks out after discovering that condoms only work like 97% of the time. 
Of course, face masks don't provide the perfect protection against the novel coronavirus. No one ever said they did. But that doesn't mean it makes any sense to deny their effectiveness altogether. Logic and region and reason have been replaced with misinformation and hysteria. No, wearing a mask is not going to deprive your brain of oxygen. No, wearing a mask in a public in public for a few months longer is not going to give up your rights as a free American, Canadian, or whoever you are. And no, wearing a mask is not only about protecting yourself against infection. The CDC makes clear that masks are proven to protect the wearer, but also say that masks are meant to protect other people in case the wearer is unknowingly infected. In other words, wearing a face mask is about protecting both oneself and demonstrating a willingness to protect others nearby. See, these anti-maskers don't believe in protecting others nearby. Wearing a mask is really no different than being willing to cough into your elbow or cover your sneeze with a tissue. Can you imagine someone actually protesting their right to be able to sneeze into the air while surrounded by other people? That's ridiculous. He says he's never known a group of people to whine so much over something so little. And when he thinks of the sacrifices my fathers and grandfathers and generations had to make during World War II and compare them with the sacrifices my generations have, uh, have asked, asked to make during this pandemic, it's laughable. We're being asked to cover our mouths and our noses around other people to protect ourselves and others because we know many of the people infected with the virus are asystematic. COVID-19 can be spread by people who do not have the symptoms and do not know that they are infected. How many times I've said that on my show? Multiple clinical studies prove that face coverings reduce the transmissions of droplets that may leave the wearer anytime they open their mouths or, or exhale through their nose. It's really that simple. Wearing a mask is not a political statement and not wearing one doesn't mean you know something the rest of us don't. It's a sign of self Self, selflessness and a proof of willful ignorance, if nothing more. I can't agree more, you know, with this article. The importance of, of one of the items that we have in our arsenal to protect oneself and others by simply wearing a mask. Now, there is one other article here as well. 
in this article also too is directed at anti-maskers. Just take me a second here to find it here. I found it earlier. It's here, it's not far. It's the uh, BC, um, it's the BC Human Rights Tribunal. The Human Rights Tribunal puts anti-maskers on notice, saying complaints require proof of disability. Now, this is only directed at anti-maskers, ladies and gentlemen. I just want you to understand that. The BC body says it has received large volumes of complaints concerning COVID-19 mask mandates. The BC Human Rights Tribunal has made it clear that anyone thinking of filing a complaint because they were told to wear a mask in a store while actually will actually have to prove they have a disability that prevents them from doing so. Again, this is for anti-maskers. In a screening decision handed down, the tribunal member wrote that a large volume of complaints have been filed over BC's COVID-19 measures requiring face coverings in public indoor places like grocery stores, libraries, and community centers, shopping malls, so on, so forth. Now, the tribunal normally doesn't publicize this type of decision, which determines if a complaint contains a possible violation of the BC Human Rights Code. He, he, he said he wanted to publish one, an example for the purpose of public education. The code does not protect people who refuse to wear a mask as a matter of personal preference because they believe wearing a mask is pointless or because they disagree that wearing a mask helps to protect the public during the, pan the pandemic. Rather, the code only protects people from discrimination based on certain personal characteristics, including disability. The BC's Office of Human Rights Commissioner has recommended that people like store owners who are only having brief interactions with customers should demand medical proof that someone is unable to wear a mask before offering accommodations, which may mean options like curbside pickup rather than shopping maskless. Now we know who these anti-maskers are because they're the ones that have already made up their mind, have already got the, the media playing on the phone, and they're all ready to go in the store to make a scene. That's what anti-maskers do ladies and gentlemen. But filing a human rights complaint is a different matter and it requires evidence. 
any claim of disability discrimination arising from a requirement to wear a mask must begin by establishing that the complainant has a disability that interferes with their ability to wear a mask. Grocery store customer said she has health issues. The example outlined in the decision concerns a woman who visited her local grocery store that identifies of both the store and the customer have been protected by the tribunal. The shopping trip happened before the BC government brought into an order making masks mandatory, but the store already had its own policy requiring face covering, coverings, the decision says. The woman told the tribunal she was stopped by a security guard because she wasn't wearing a mask. She says she told him she had health issues. And when asked for more detail, she said it was private. She explained that these things caused breathing difficulties and she was therefore exempt. The security guard told her to put on her mask or leave. She left, but alleges she heard other store employees describe the mask policy as a hoax. The customer refused to provide the tribunal with any information about her alleged disability, saying that it's very difficult to breathe with masks and it causes anxiety. She told the tribunal she should not have to provide private health information to a government body. That wasn't good enough. I agree that any disclosure of health information should be minimal and strictly limited to the purpose for which the information is required. However, whenever a person is asking for human rights related accommodations, they are required to bring forward the facts relating to discrimination. He also noted that despite the recommendations from the Human Rights Commissioner, the tribunal has yet uh, has not yet determined how much medical information a customer needs to give a retailer in order to be exempt from the mask law. So you anti-maskers out there, you're going to have to bring proof to the tribunal of why you should not have to wear a mask. not difficult ladies and gentlemen when it's part of our, our when it's part of our um, arsenal that we have you know now of course with the vaccines rolling out but that's you know going slow here in Canada I wish it would be a lot faster but you know it's not Now there's five reasons why you should wear a mask. And this is according to the experts, ladies and gentlemen. 
who should wear a mask? To slow the spread of COVID-19, the CDC recommends almost all healthy kids and adults wear a mask, except for children under the age of two or anyone who has trouble breathing, is unconscious, incapacitated, or otherwise unable to remove the mask without assistance. The World Health Organization stressed that American should not purchase medical grade surgical masks or N95 respirators, however, which would only deplete the, the dwindling PPE supplies that medical professionals need to protect them from the airborne and the fluid hazards. A cloth or a fabric mask is what the general public should stick with. Surgical or medical face masks are for healthcare professionals, people with COVID-19 symptoms, people taking care of someone with, with suspected or confirmed COVID-19, people who are 60 years or older when social distancing is impossible in areas with widespread COVID-19, people who have underlying health conditions when social distancing is impossible in areas with widespread COVID-19. Now, why should, why should you wear a mask? They reduce viral transmissions if worn correctly. So that means it's got to cover your nose, it's got to cover your mouth, it's got to cover your chin. Can't have it under your nose, you can't have it under your chin, and you can't have it hanging off your mirror, off your ear, or I'm sorry, your ear. To the prevent asymptomatic spread. According to the CDC, an estimated 50% of transmissions happens before people develop any COVID-19 uh, symptoms. Wearing a mask is an easy way to reduce the risk of unknowingly spreading the infection. But it's not, it's not perfect, ladies and gentlemen, but it's going to help. People also need to observe social distancing rules and practice good hand hygiene. Masks don't take the place of those other measures. Social distancing, sanitizing your hands. You're protecting others from illness. Researchers note that mask wearing is most effective when it is a communal effort. That means everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Consider the fact that the United States test goal could reach whatever. This was a little while ago, but, you know, look at your death toll today at 560,000 people who have died from COVID-19 in this year, in the, in the past year. They're mandated by law in some states. Why only in some states? You know, they should be mandated in every state. You should take it upon yourself to take, to take that added protection, not just for yourself, but for others. Stop thinking about yourself being an anti-masker. 
wear a mask. It's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. Carry extra in your car. Keep them at home. Don't leave them. Don't leave them laying around. Don't throw them all over the ground. Dispose of them properly into a garbage receptacle. Which I'm tired of seeing, ladies and gentlemen, just people just disregard their masks on the ground. That is just absolutely ridiculous. Now, we all have a responsibility here. Every single one of us. And that is to protect one another. Now, I don't know what's going to happen here in Ontario. We have doctors um, in the greater Toronto area calling on the government of Ontario to do a, pro a province-wide shutdown. An emergency stay-at-home order. Now, with what is going on here um, with these, you know, the emergency, the emergency break poll, as uh, Doug Ford, our premier, is calling it, is it required at this point in time for us to... maybe go out to a full-blown lockdown. I mean, because, you know, 90, some non-essential businesses are allowed to open at this point in time. You know, for, for, for the few that's not allowed to reopen, only to be shut down again. And should we be looking at the areas of where these outbreaks are happening and should it be those places that to be shut down until they clean their act up? Because this is happening in workplaces, ladies and gentlemen. And it's happening in parties and it's happening in large gatherings. Restaurants again have to shutter their doors movie theaters, hair salons, gyms. They've had outbreaks in gyms. So we can keep them closed. Now, I should be able to find this article here. of what doctors in the um, greater Toronto, Peel, and Ottawa areas 
are calling for because you know our ICU units are hitting capacity. And it's the younger people who are ending up there. It's essential workers who are ending up there. Top doctors in the Toronto Peel region in Ottawa are calling on the Ontario government to issue, to issue a province-wide stay-at-home order in efforts to control the surge of COVID-19 variants. In this letter to Ontario Chief Medical Officer of Health, of Health, which is dated on April 4th, the doctors say that while they welcome the provincial shutdown, stronger measures are required to reverse the surge of infections. And this letter is signed by the Toronto Medical Officer of Health, the Peel Region's Medical Officer of Health, the Ottawa Medical Officer of Health, the Toronto Public Health confirmed that the letter was sent to um, Dr. David Williams in confidence to report on what we are seeing on the ground in our regions and present possible course of action. In the letter, the doctors, they asked Dr. Williams to issue a province-wide stay-at-home order. Now we had this before already. Just right after Christmas, we went into the whole province, went into lockdown and a stay at home order was issued. Stricter lockdowns have been shown to be effective in other countries to control the transmission while vaccine campaigns progress to achieve the uh, sufficient population coverage to suppress the transmission. The doctors say that stay-at-home orders is also what is recommended by the province's COVID-19 science advisory. A four-week provincial shutdown went into effect in Ontario just on Saturday that saw gyms and personal care services shuttered, in-person dining was prohibited. However, all retail stores and other non-essential businesses are still allowed to remain open with strict capacity limits in place. The province said it did not want to issue a stay-at-home order similar to the one that was implemented on December the 26th because it produced tremendous ill effects on both children and adults. It, that, and it certainly has done that. What are we to do? You know, the letter goes on to strongly recommend a review of business and services considered essential. Travel restrictions between regions in Ontario. Legislation providing paid sick days in a move to online or hybrid learning where local jurisdictions and school outbreaks are, are significant and capacity to manage, it is all stretched. To consider what is, what is uh, essential and travel restrictions between regions in Ontario. I don't know how you can control travel restrictions between regions in the province. 
you have a lockdown here, you have an opening up there, you can have a stay at home order lockdown. I mean, if they're going to have and implement, you know, a travel restrictions between the regions, they're going to have to lock down everything, including your kitchen sink. That's going to be really hard to police that you went to a different region. Now, they said they know that Dr. Williams have received the letter and he's been told by the government is going to consider it further. Um, I haven't heard anything today. You know, maybe in the next couple of days, we'll probably hear from the chief medical officer, Dr. Williams. They go on to say, it's obviously think the big message here is that the third wave is very much here. Here in Peel as well, they believe across Ontario, we're starting to see a situation where hospitals are increasingly challenged. You're starting to see younger people in the ICU units. And that's a fact. We need to ensure we're limiting contacts and interactions as much as possible at this point in time. And we've been asked to be doing that ever since this pandemic has started. Limit your interactions. Stay away. You don't need to have everybody over in your grandmother in your households. They're only suggesting that if you know of somebody, a relative who you need to check in on, you can do that. Now the province wide shutdown puts in place time limited public health and workplace safety measures to help to stop the rapid transmissions of COVID-19 variants in communities, protect hospitals capacity and save lives. Well, and all these workplaces that have always been remained open, this is where it's coming from. Maybe the health officials need to go into all of these businesses, all these essential businesses and make sure they have these policies in place and make sure everybody's following them. And then come back unannounced in a week and see if those rules are being followed. The local medical officers of health do have specific abilities to issue emergency orders under the Health Protection and Promotion Act, right? So for your local health unit, like here in the city of London, Dr. Mackey, you know, he has special abilities to issue emergency orders under the Health Protection and Promotion Act. And on Monday, the Peel Public Health a section 22 order temporarily closing all the schools 
and moving all students to remote learning. Schools and childcare facilities are allowed to operate under the province-wide shutdown. It's not, it's not a province-wide shutdown. I don't know why they keep calling that. It's an emergency break pool. If it's a province-wide shutdown, then it would be non-essential businesses would all be shuttered, every single one of them. We'd have the stay-at-home orders. It's not a, it's not a shutdown. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, if this is what it's going to take, if we need to go back into and in implementing the emergency orders and shutting down all non-essential businesses and stay-at-home order, orders, maybe that's what we're going to have to do. Again, because the spike in these COVID-19 variants is the new third wave. And they're far more contagious and they're far more dangerous. And as for you anti-maskers and you anti-ralliers, you can put that in your smoke and pipe it. Thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. It's always a pleasure to have you on my show, joining me here on, on my programs. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourselves. Follow the rules out there. Be safe. And thank you.